the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Tired of the negative news and flash over substance? It's time for Today with Dr. Wendy. Dr. Wendy Patrick is a trial attorney, patriot, and PhD with a passion for people and a penchant for politics. Dr. Wendy brings you the headlines, streamline, news you can use. It's time to be informed, engaged, and entertained. Now, here's your host, Dr. Wendy Patrick. Good evening and welcome to another edition of Today with Dr. Wendy. I'm Wendy Patrick. My co-host Larry Dersham and I have a wonderful pre-Thanksgiving show for you tonight. And we are always joined by a colorful cast of characters for guests. We love the wisdom they bring to the table, so to speak, as we go into Thanksgiving week. Larry, who are we lucky enough to have tonight? Ralph Reed, or Dr. Ralph Reed, is founder and chairman of the Faith and Freedom Coalition. He was senior advisor to the Bush-Cheney campaigns in both 2000 and 2004. As chairman of the Georgia Republican Party, he led the GOP to its biggest victory in history, helping to elect the first Republican governor and the third U.S. senator since the days of Reconstruction back in the 1800s. Dr. Reed is chairman and CEO of Century Strategies, LLC, a public relations and public affairs firm, as executive director of the Christian Coalition from 1989 to 1997, he built one of the most effective public policy organizations in recent political history. He's a best-selling author and editor of six books. Thank you for joining the show today, Dr. Reed. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. First off, I just wanted to get a little bit about your background briefly. Dr. Reed is a Christian and conservative. What led you at a very young age to become involved in politics? Well, I had a friend of uh, my family's in South Florida when we were then living in Florida that ran for Congress. And really just as a friend, I uh, volunteered and went door to door, uh, you know, urging voters to vote for my friend. And um, I will tell you, there's there's no way to learn more about politics than from the ground up, you know, on the ground, in the neighborhoods, burning shoe leather. I don't even know how many thousands of voters I talked to, but by the time that campaign was over, um, you know, I had a fairly good idea of what I a was good at and b what I wanted to do with my life. And then, um, you know, a little bit later, after Jimmy Carter's administration uh, was, shall we say, less than stellar, you know, with the highest inflation um, in the post World War II period, highest interest rates since the Civil War. 52 hostages in Iran, Soviet troops in Afghanistan, America losing the Cold War. Uh, along came a man named Ronald Reagan. And uh, I was by then in college. I worked on his campaign. I became chairman of the College Republicans. After he was elected, I went to Washington and worked on Capitol Hill. And, and really, after that, I never looked back. It was really subsequent to all that, frankly, that I, I made my faith decision and turned control of my will and my life over to the Lord Jesus Christ, which is the best decision I ever made. Absolutely. Uh, 
but uh, that's how it that's how it came about, and that was my journey, and I've been on it ever since. Fantastic. The Senate race in Georgia is headed for a runoff election on December 6th between yep. Reverend Ralph Warnock and football great Herschel Walker. In your opinion, how important is this runoff election to the future of America and why? It's very important because if Herschel Walker wins, uh, we'll be back to a 50-50 Senate. Uh, and if he doesn't win, it's going to be 51-49 Democrat. Now, you might think, well, that's only one seat, but it's a big deal because if it's 50-50, all the membership of all the committees are equal, equal Republican and Democrat. All the staffs are equal. All the budgets are equal. That means that they cannot get anything done with at least one Republican on those committees. And it means that if they lose one Democrat, either their nominee or their policy dies in committee. And there have been multiple Biden nominees that were far left and radical who have been defeated or derailed in this way. Now, we're talking about judges. We're talking about legislation. And we're talking about executive branch appointments. And it's a really big deal. But it gets even bigger than that. Raphael Warnock is not just any Democrat. He is one of the most far left, hardcore, progressive, radical members of the U.S. Senate. He runs with, votes with, and strategizes with Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders, who's a socialist, and other hard left senators. He is not a moderate. He is not a conservative Southern Democrat. Herschel, by contrast, is a strongly pro-life, pro-family, Christian conservative. So it won't just be one seat. You will be going from a hard leftist, socialistic Democrat who is for packing the Supreme Court. He voted for all the spending blowouts that has caused the inflation. He favors federalizing and nationalizing elections. He voted to codify Roe v. Wade into law. He voted for taxpayer funding of abortion. I could go on. Versus Herschel Walker, who will not only be a good vote for life, for family, for religious freedom, he'll be a champion for those values. This is really a big deal. Finally, in 2024, the map, the Senate map, favors Republicans much more. There are far more moderate to conservative Democrats in states that Trump heavily carried, like West Virginia and Montana, that are going to be on the ballot. If we start at 50, you're almost certain to have a Republican Senate in two years. If you start at 49, you're starting from behind. Very good. I understand uh, Ralph Warnock is also trying to, would probably uh, abolish the filibuster, which would be bad for the Republicans, right? Well, is that one of his uh, goals to do that? He voted to abolish the filibuster, and if they get to 51, they'll abolish the filibuster, and with only 50 votes, even losing Manchin, they could pack the Supreme Court. There would be nothing to stop them, because keep in mind, it's not really 51, it's 52, because if they lose one, they can still win with Kamala Harris's vote, breaking a tie. So more critical than, than I can ever explain. In your opinion, are Christians as a whole doing their job in the political and culture wars that are currently raging across our land? And why do you think so many Christians and even Christian pastors seem to be hesitant 
to get involved in politics? I would say the answer to your first question in terms of the civic engagement of people of faith and of committed Christians, I'd say yes and no. We're certainly turning out in more numbers than we ever have. Uh, the exit polls indicate that somewhere between 25 and 26 percent of all the voters on November 8th were born again evangelicals. We have more committed, serious, faithful Christians, including pro-life Roman Catholics, serving at every level of government, legisl state legislatures, governor, statewide office, Congress, Senate, than at any time in your or my lifetime. We've made a huge difference. Having said that, we still have tens of millions of Christians who either aren't registered to vote or they don't vote. Why don't more pastors get engaged? I think they don't want to divide their congregations. They don't want to be controversial. They know the media is going to go after them. And in their defense, some of them believe they need to stay focused on the centrality of the gospel. And I agree with that. But what I would say is the Bible says my people perish for lack of knowledge. Right. So don't give people the knowledge or information that they need to be informed and effective citizens. You're really dropping the ball Absolutely. on people to be effective citizens here on earth until Christ returns. Right. We're coming up against a hard break. We have about 45 seconds. But how can we, we're broadcasting from California, how can people in other states get involved to help out? Don't you have a website and we can volunteer to make phone calls? Yes, we do. Uh, the website is ffcoalition.com. FF is in faith and freedom. ffcoalition.com. Go on there. There's a button you can hit to volunteer or give financially. If you want to make phone calls, we have an app that people can download. They can make calls from anywhere in America. Uh, we expect to make a million get out the vote calls to Christian voters. Uh, we expect many of those to be made by people living in other states. It's very simple. They just download the app, hit the button, and they can make phone calls, and we provide the script. Please pray. Please act. Please give. This may be a race in Georgia, but it's a race that affects all of us in all 50 states. Perfect. Okay, we're up against the hard break now, but thank you so much, Dr. Reed, for joining us, and we are going to get the word out on this to everybody we can reach. So God bless you and your work, and keep up the wonderful work. Thank you, and God bless you, and thanks for having me. News cycle lowlights have no place here. You're listening to the headline highlights on Today with Dr. Wendy on The Answer San Diego. It's time for more news you can use. The headlines streamline. It's time for more Today with Dr. Wendy. Now here's your host, Dr. Wendy Patrick. Welcome back to Today with Dr. Wendy. I'm Wendy Patrick, and I am so glad you stuck around for the second half because we are just so relieved in general that we finally moved election-wise from polls to poultry. What a delight. We love Thanksgiving. We get two days off with the biggest meal of the year. But how are we going to afford it? That has been the question on the minds of many Americans this year. It's not that they're not looking forward to it, but they're not looking forward to paying for it. And I have heard, Larry, the most humorous ideas being floated 
um, all week long about charging family members a cover charge and everybody makes things themselves. So nobody actually has anything that's store bought because you can buy ingredients cheaper. I mean, and everything in between. One of the most stunning graphs I've seen is the percentages with which people are gauging how much more money they're going to have to spend on items this year than last year. Turkey, eggs, milk, bread, I mean, you name it, even pumpkin pie. So I know, Larry, you've looked into this a little as well. And what is all this about, this holiday hardship, as you put it? I think it's about inflation and people are paying, you know, to fill up their cars and their SUVs with uh, gasoline. It's the food prices when they go to the store. Did you know, Wendy, that one in four Americans can only afford to spend $100 on Thanksgiving? And some people are going to actually skip it entirely, which is, that would be so sad. Yeah, you know, Larry, one thing that I always notice about these numbers is, you know, it's true that, you know, holiday food's expensive. And I'm, I mean, I'm sure we'll be doing the same thing when we get to Christmas, although hopefully prices will be down by that, although I'm not holding my breath. Thanksgiving is generally about people and family and love and fun and friendship and fellowship and all the all the things that we enjoy other than eating. But it's also true we have to have something on the table. And it's also true, Larry, that Thanksgiving involves both driving and dining, gas and groceries. You know, when, when we're looking at airline prices, for example, nowadays, I don't know if any of our listeners have experienced this, but you look at the graph and it says prices for your trip are currently, colon, and it's the word high. It almost doesn't matter when you're traveling. The prices are high. So you add to that the fact that even if you were to serve cookies and milk, you are going to have to travel to where you need to be. And don't even get me started on the seating around the table, given the you know political divide that we always like to joke about during Thanksgiving. Some families would say, oh, that's no joking matter around here. But I mean, is there a way, uh, or maybe we can come up with several ideas. I mean, how can we sort of streamline this holiday financially while also just celebrating what what it's really about is being thankful, not necessarily about what we eat, but just getting together and really celebrating the thankfulness that we all have. Some people are actually calling this Friendsgiving because Mm. it's more of a budget-friendly menu. And I kind of like this one. They took a poll of a 1,000 people. This is a kind of a scientific poll regarding what their plans are for Thanksgiving. And at 24% of the Friendsgiving celebrations, they won't even have a turkey, Wendy. 33% are going to opting for pizza instead, which would you be fine with me. Pizza. You love pizza, Larry. That would be fine with me. <laughs> <laughs> You'd probably get a turkey pizza, though, knowing you, you're going to have a little pizzazz. Uh, You know, one of the things I know you've also sort of researched on the story, you're always so good at at looking at kind of what what the trends are around the country. Um, Inflation and job insecurity. Larry, I, you know, you and I have talked about this before. Job insecurity. I feel like everywhere I go, there's help wanted signs in the windows. Uh, And I also know that there are many reasons that people are either untrained feel unqualified or are trying to get trained to get the jobs that they want. But, you know, we, we underestimate the amount of hurdles that some people face in getting the job that they need to support their family, don't we? 
Oh, yeah, we do. And I, I agree with you. I, you see uh, help wanted signs everywhere. So I don't know why they're concerned about job security so much. But it, it is definitely the struggle for the the inflation, how that's hit basically everybody and some people harder than others because they they bring ho- uh, less home with their paycheck. And uh, so anyhow, so 50 pre- this study of a thousand people regarding Thanksgiving, they said 50 Two percent are asking guests to bring a dish to dinner with you. I don't know. That sounds like a isn't that a kind of a friendly thing to do? Anyhow, you bring a dish, everybody chips in. I don't think I've ever been to a Thanksgiving dinner where I haven't been asked to bring something and and really expected to bring something. And you know, um, the study you cite, three to four are asking guests to bring their own alcohol. That I think I understand a little more. Um, either that, or you're going to have a lot of Trader Joe's wine around the table. Uh, but, you know, when you look at the, the fact that people are struggling with these higher prices, there are lots of Americans that don't just want any job. They want to get the training they need to get the job that they want so they can support their family. That dynamic has really changed over the course of the last six months. You know, sometimes I wonder whether there's a help wanted sign in the window, not because there aren't people who could work there, but because the job seekers are looking for other jobs that maybe come with benefits or also involve uh, training to get them more up to speed with what they want to do. You know, there are just so many ways you can think through this analysis, but it always ends at the same place this year, is that a you're talking about a holiday that's characterized by eating and drinking, and the prices we've been complaining about for the last six months have been at the grocery store and obviously the gas pump where you have to drive to the different places. And, you know, we, we do things downtown San Diego, like we serve food to the homeless and, you know, we, we do all this outreach and all this philanthropy. This is the year that I think a lot of people are using Thanksgiving for exactly that reason. It's like they can't really afford much for themselves, but they want to do the right thing and extend kindness and graciousness to those who can't afford anything. And I almost think it's an opportunity for for kindness and for graciousness and for sharing, especially because many people are going to go without, as you mentioned. Yeah, it's kind of interesting, just some ways to save on Thanksgiving Day on food. So the number one way, what would you guess on that, that to save money uh, when you actually do have a Thanksgiving? Buy less. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it says uh, pay attention to deals. And you get deals, you know, through coupons that come in your, your mail. Uh, you get them on the internet. And then the second way uh, is to use coupons. The third way is to start shopping early. And I know that's true with the, I guess, the turkey thing. You want to make sure you can um, <laughs> get a good deal on that. Uh-huh. Uh, and then the fourth way to save money is to stick to your grocery list. You know how everybody goes in, especially this is true in some of the big box stores. I go in to buy something and say, oh, what about that? I'm going to put that in the shopping cart too. So there are a lot of ways to to save on money without cutting dishes out from your Thanksgiving meal. Well, here's one, Larry, and I know that this this is something that some people may have done for years. Um, is it's the it's all about the ingredients. There are some people that honestly know what stores to go to for certain items, whether it's Ralph's for the Kroger goods or the Great Value at Walmart. You know, like they know where to go for what they need. And as long as they're not spending an inordinate amount of gas driving around, I know a lot of people that like to walk. They really are thrifty in saying, you know, I just saved twenty dollars. 
by knowing where to go to get what I need. I love what you said about the coupons. Um, Larry, my family, when I was growing up, they were so good with cutting coupons. I almost said, you know, my sister goes to the store and uses coupons at the end of the cash register. They owe her money. <laughs> Save so much on the groceries yeah. she just but, uh, yeah, those are some great ideas. You know, it's funny, too. One of the big suggestions here is, that, and you touched on it already, Wendy, is skip traveling. You know, could you have, I've never, I shouldn't even say this, but could you have a Thanksgiving uh, dinner over a Zoom? A Zoom we Thanksgiving? Did, we did in 2020, didn't we? That's what we did in 2020. Oh, you're right. You're Everybody right. Everybody that. Yeah, we did Easter, Thanksgiving. We did Christmas. Everything was done virtually it kind of defeated the purpose of the gathering but you know I, a lot of people ga- are gathering with neighbors and they're very honest about the fact that unless they have electric cars running on solar energy so they're not using electricity at the house it's very difficult to get where they need to be and you know we always talk about like take your bike to work day well you can't transport perishables on a bicycle you, you need something a little a little sturdier and not a lot of people want to spend Thanksgiving on the bus. What probably a lot of of folks are going to do is save money elsewhere. In other words, no movies, no TV, no, no, um, no movies, no out, no dinners out. Maybe kind of splurge financially on the big meal on Thanksgiving. Like that, that would be, it's kind of like if you're on a diet and you're going to save up your calories. Well, it's the same concept. They're saving up their money by depriving themselves of maybe that Friday night film or the Sunday brunch, and they're just going to really splurge on a day that is really important, Larry. Once a year, I think people are willing to go a little farther with their budget just for that one day. I know. And when you think, just skipping the food, what a beautiful event. It was always kind of my favorite holiday because if you're working at a, for an employer, you get a four-day weekend normally, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Right. And it's you're there with family that you half the time you, you haven't seen them in, for a full year at least, and there they are. And we do have so much to be thankful for. You, I, I think of that every day, how lucky and fortunate and blessed we are to be in this greatest country in the world. And that's what the main point of Thanksgiving is. If you have a good meal, that's wonderful too. <laughs> you know, one thing that, well, obviously there's the sports. We haven't talked about sports. But one of the other things people often say that they love about Thanksgiving, especially if they're really busy at work, is it's almost um, improper to be emailing and calling with work questions unless it's imminent on uh, during that Thanksgiving holiday. So um, we're getting ready to get there. So I hope everybody enjoys the break. All right. Well, we hope you have enjoyed the show. You have been listening to Today with Dr. Wendy, Headlines with the Silver Lining. We want to wish you and your loved ones a wonderful Thanksgiving holiday, whatever you end up doing. Be and stay safe. We will see you next week. You're listening to Today with Dr. Wendy. Thank you for joining us for Today with Dr. Wendy. You can learn more about Dr. Wendy and how to become a guest or sponsor of the show by visiting wendypatrickphd.com. That's wendypatrickphd.com. Tune in every week at this same time as Dr. Wendy will engage and inspire you with an upbeat viewpoint on the highlights of the day. This has been Today with Dr. Wendy on The Answer San Diego. 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.